better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. Chris Schubert just went to go pop some popcorn, so he must be very excited (laughs) about what's going to happen here on this podcast, which is brought to you by rockauto.com, which has amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Kyle, what's up? Get your popcorn ready. Chris Schubert is. And that's how you it know me. you're going to have a good episode of Draft Dudes, baby. Uh, right. Let's it me do getting it. the popcorn ready. I am. There's popcorn in the microwave right behind me. So, yeah. Shuby says, go ahead and get started. He hits record and says, I'm going to go pop some popcorn. What are you going to do? Eat it while we're talking? That's not like a, a, a consumable snack for a podcast. I have, I have a mute button. We'll be fine. You're sitting there munching on popcorn? Well, Kyle and I are trying to talk about the AFC North. The first time I see you pop popcorn in your mouth during this show, there will be hell to pay. I'm telling you right now. Because I'll be thinking about how it sounds, you know, right in the movie theater, the crinkles, the chewing. What's that? What's that movie with the uh, the aliens with John Krasinski? John Krasinski. He's Jim from The Office. Jim from The Office, and he's in an alien movie. He's in an alien movie. It's like it's an apocalyptic. Like aliens come, and you got to be quiet because they can only hear you. They can't see you. That is a very terrible way to describe a quiet place. Like the worst description I've ever heard. (laughs) The Quiet Place is a horror movie, and you are they not aliens? I don't know if you've seen the movie, but I don't think aliens is correct. Well, then I think you need to say less if you haven't seen the movie, sir. That's how I envision, like, you can't do that. There's two places you can't eat popcorn. In the movie, A Quiet Place, and on the Draft News podcast. I saw A Quiet Place. Is it number two is coming out or something? I, I, when I was on YouTube. Out. You already missed okay. it. Okay. That's where I, it was a suggestion when I was on YouTube earlier mm-hmm. today. And so mm-hmm. it's funny. I've never heard of A Quiet Place in my life, and it's come up twice today. Beautiful. How about that? Yeah. It's the uh, the football gods talking to you, I suppose. It, it is. And you All get right. ready for, all right, yeah. Let's Let's go. <laughs> All right, we're doing the state of the state of the series, whatever. What is this called? The state of the franchise series. We're talking about every team in the NFL, division by division, uh, looking at them through the lens of what they've accomplished in the draft recently, where they are as a team in terms of their life cycle, and identifying some future needs to be mindful of. And, and so today we are doing the AFC North, and we're getting started with the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens. Kyle, how do you feel about these? Baltimore Ravens drafts of late man you know that to be determined on 2021 obviously I like a lot of what they did uh with Bateman uh who obviously has a groin injury we'll we'll see how long that derails him and and you're a little concerned about rookie receivers and missing time early uh Odafeoe I really like as as a developmental pass rusher and Tylen Wallace was good value and so was Dalen Hayes and uh, Brandon Stevens kind of fits their mold I still think the book's kind of out on the 2020 class as well. Uh, but you you get into like the 17, 18, and 2016 range, and I think they really landed some good players. It's a good testament to how this team does business. Uh, the fact that this list of draft picks in recent history is as long as it is is a great testament f- to the uh, hashtag draft by volume uh, yeah. approach, right? You know, they're, they're always – picking a ton of bodies and a lot in the middle rounds, a lot of action, uh, getting quality players like Mark Andrews and Orlando Brown Jr. in the third round. And obviously Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, has since moved on, but they used him as a, a trade piece to kind of help them parlay into multiple first round picks this year. So I think that's the thing that stands out to me is 
you get the the chicken of the egg debate, right? And is it, it does drafting in advance of needs help you breed winning or sustaining winning, or is it the other way around, right? So for Baltimore, they've been so good for so long with only a handful of down seasons that stability has really allowed them to hit their stride as far as filling in needs, not the year of, but like a year in advance and doing that consistently. You know, you mentioned the the jury's still out of the 2020 draft, and obviously that's true. They've only played one season. But when I think about Patrick Queen and J.K. Dobbins, you know, J.K. Dobbins is going to be a critical part of their backfield this year. It's mm-hmm. a run-heavy offense. He's a dynamic, perfect fit. I think he's going to be a cornerstone player for them. And I think Patrick Queen has that type of ability as well as he gets more time on task and matures within the scheme. But, you know, Justin Matabweek is a player that could definitely take a step forward this year. And, you know, Malik Harrison as the running mate to Patrick Queen. So that 2020 draft has the makings of a a really nice haul. You know oh, what's interesting, right. though? So what happens when you get five top 100 picks and another one at 106. Right. How, so 2018 is a fascinating draft because a lot of these players are not even helping them, but they're reasonable players in the NFL, like Hayden Hurst. Right. So they get Hayden Hurst, Lamar Jackson, Orlando Brown, Mark Andrews. Those are their first four picks. And then Kenny Young in the fourth round, who is a starter for the Rams. Bozeman, Bradley Bozeman. Bozeman started a lot of games. Yeah, yep. he's a starter for them. It's in um Elliot at safety is a starter for them. Like Zach Sealer is good player has moved for the on fans. to Miami that, that was cut, and he's been really good since they picked him up off the waiver wire. Dude, just so top to about, bottom. <laughs> it's an unreal, it's an absolutely unreal haul. Like you may order it differently, you know, based on the way some right. of these players have panned out, but to get that many players that are having meaningful careers right now is is pretty impressive. So life cycle status, Kyle, I, I think the Ravens are a long-term, long-term contender. Long-term contender. Yeah. There's no other answer. No, an established coaching staff, a, a franchise quarterback that has an NFL MVP under his belt, a clear identity, right, offensively yep. and defensively. Like, yep. you know you know what this team wants to be. They They're always good under Harbaugh. Uh, long-term contender for sure. So when we look at the roster and needs that exist for Baltimore moving forward from here, um, would I be off base to suggest that you're probably best suited on the defensive line, looking yes. for some talent to be added? Uh, that That's the first place my eye goes when I look at the, the Ravens roster. Um, Calais Campbell, uh, You've got just a matter of week there where you're hoping can absorb some of that role and become the player that they envisioned as a sec- as a third round pick. Uh, Jalen Ferguson, 2019 third round pick. Justin Houston, they signed as a, a short term bridge with Odafe Owe also in the wings there. A lot of unproven talent behind some of the vets that they have for the 2021 season. That's the first place I look. Uh, I think you could probably go for some more depth at corner. But Marlon Humphrey's obviously a stud. He's been locked into a long-term contract. Uh, but the Ravens spend almost as much, if not as much, as anybody else in the NFL in corners. And, you know, as the Lamar Jackson contract comes down the chute, there's going to have to be some hard spending decisions to be made. And Jimmy Smith, 10-year vet, Marcus Peters has been successful, uh, but a little bit up and down, right? He, that's just kind of the nature of the way he plays the position. Uh, the slot position for them, Tavon Young, 
durability issues and Sean Wade, a fifth round pick this year. And uh, they probably overdrafted him based on his play in 2020, right? Like he was not good. He's really regressed significantly as a player. So defensively, I, I look at just the defensive front. And I look at depth at corner slash a, possession, a potential succession plan there, uh, depending on if you want to include Brandon Stevens in that or not, who is a third-round pick. So those are the first two places my eyes go when I look at this roster. I, I think you've identified their primaries. And I think another way that I kind of look at their their future needs, I think it is all based on a massive slate of expiring contracts and, and contract decisions that they have to make in terms of extensions. Mm-hmm. Number one being Lamar Jackson. Mark Andrews is up after this year. And then defensively, Calais Campbell, Brandon Williams, and Jimmy Smith, who are all veterans. And you probably have to ask yourself, is it time to move on? Can we bring them back for like a one-year type situation to continue helping us, but not necessarily with the same cap commitment as they've had in the past? And so I think those five players and their contract status is something that, in addition to what you outlined as primary needs, is kind of what the focus is here. Uh, when it comes to future needs in the Ravens. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and right in your pocket. Save time and save money when using rockauto.com. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. So now it's time for the state of Ohio portion of this podcast where we're going to look at the Bengals and the Browns. O-H. I-O. There it is. Nailed it. Chris is super pissed. He's going to have to balance that audio out. So good luck. He's also he's not eating popcorn. popcorn right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there it was. Oh. oh, no. He took a bite. Of, have you been eating it the whole time, Shuby? You can just Absolutely, not. the whole time. Yeah, you, I haven't no, even That was a million percent his first bite. There's zero percent. No, I've been having it the whole time. I haven't <laughs> I haven't even noticed. All right, so let's let's get into the Cincinnati Bengals and the their, their recent draft history, Kyle, which I wrote down four words <laughs> to steal oh, no. my thoughts. I'm glad you're going first. Go right ahead. Mixed bag and not enough. They just, you know, like the results of their draft picks have been extremely uneven. And you'd like to see a bit more considering the frequency of high picks that this team makes and the lack of maneuvering that they do with their draft capital, right? Mm -hmm. Like there just needs to be more to show. And they've had some really good second, like day two picks. When you look at guys like Tyler Boyd, and Jesse Bates and Joe Mixon. Yep. Um, T. Higgins looks like a really nice day two pick. Uh, Logan Wilson was really promising as, as a rookie last year. But you, you've whiffed on the likes of John Ross. You you whiffed on Billy Price. Um, Jonah Williams looks like he's going to be a good starter, but you, you traded back. You know, you the, the Bengals were picking in 2018. They were picking 
12 and they moved back to 21 and got Corey Glenn. And so they've done all these different things and it just hasn't necessarily worked, but you sprinkle in the hits. I, I didn't even mention Sam Hubbard, who they just extended, mm-hmm. you know, William Jackson was a hit, but he got away. So it's, um, it's uneven, but there are hits to speak of. You just wish there was a little bit more uh, for as high as they pick and the lack of maneuverability that they generally don't have in the in the draft. Yeah, so I, I admire some of the hits when you, you go through this draft history. I look at 2016 with William Jackson, Tyler Boyd, and Andrew Billings. Uh, yep. that's, a, that's a really nice three out of first four picks. Uh, Jackson no longer with the team. Billings no longer with the team. So Boyd is the lone left over out of that group. Uh, 2017, Joe Mixon, they've extended. Uh, Carl Lawson, good hit in the fourth round, no longer with the team. I think that's the bigger trend here, right, is you're seeing some really good hits, but some of these guys, they get to the end of the road with their first contract and they go somewhere else. And when we also talk about building through the draft, mm -hmm. being able to, to identify, draft, develop talent, retain talent, rinse repeat but like they're not they haven't been able to get down the road enough with winning with consistency to be able to do what baltimore does that so many teams envy which is okay we'll let you walk but we have somebody waiting in the wings that's been in the system for two years and you bring up two players in william jackson and carl lawson who just left this offseason and they have paid players at that position that they brought in and trey hendrickson and trey waynes like Give that money to your own players. Or you hear because so much cons- about how the messaging and, and you know keeping your own and that if you perform at a certain level that the team's going to reward you, you've not sent that signal with enough consistency. Well, And the concern if you don't do that is now you're paying high-level dollars for something you, you don't know is going to assimilate to what you have. Yeah. Right? At the very least, if you're paying a guy who balled out for you, you know we're going to replicate the exact same environment and circumstances in which he played at a high level. But if you're going to pay Trey Hendrickson, you're going to say, okay, he balled out in New Orleans, but we're going to pay him big money contract to come do it in Cincinnati, not knowing how he's going to compliment the other players around him in that role. So that that's where it gets to be a slippery slope. Obviously, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, that's what's going to count moving forward for this team. And so we mm-hmm. got a lot to learn about those two players. Life cycle Rebuilding. status for the Bengals. Rebuilding. This is one of the like we had these some some dilemmas about this yesterday when we did the West uh, yeah. NFC West, and it's like yeah. Yeah. where the team probably sees themselves versus where we see them. There might be some discrepancy. Um, I kind of look at this team as a win now team, Kyle, where you have a, a head coach in their third season. And probably the most aggressive we've seen Cincinnati in free agency over the last two years. I mean, what message does that send? To me, it's go win football games. I don't know that they can, but I think that's where they perceive themselves. Yeah, and and they should be, right? Zach, I mean, Zach Taylor, you you should feel as though you've got to perform at a higher level. And I guess I framed it from a rebuilding perspective because Joe Burrow – is a second-year franchise quarterback that you just picked number one overall. You've been obviously building around him by bringing in Riley Reef and Jackson Carmen and 
Dante Smith and, and Trey Hill in this year's draft on the offensive line alone. And then Jamar Chase is running mate at LSU. So like, from my perspective, that's kind of how I framed it as a rebuild is you got a quarterback at number one overall, and you're only in your second offseason of building around him. Yeah, I understand. I wish Burrow was in year three. I think that would line up more Yep, with a no win question. now mentality. It's, it, it's, I think it's the year three for Taylor and, and like unprecedented spending for the Bengals and free agency right. Right. that moves it in that direction for me. So, when we look at future needs for this team, um, I've got a few things down. Wide receiver depth is something that stands out to me where your only three receivers signed beyond this season are Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins, and that would be the three you would pick to be signed beyond this year. But, you know, in a spread offense, you're going to want to flesh that out and have depth. Tight end, you know, they really don't have a, a difference maker or, you know, a player that you're super concerned about as an opponent, you know, Drew sample is not that type of player. I still don't think they're done investing in this offensive line. Obviously if, if Jackson Carmen and Deontay Smith and wind up being answers that, that changes that conversation. But I, based on where they've been in the offensive line, I wouldn't stop investing. And then I do go to the secondary depth as well, where I think they can beef up the corner and safety positions. Yeah. I like what they have in the middle of the field. Uh, with Bates, Bell, and Mike Hilton in the slot. Yeah, it's I think nice. that's, a, that's a really nice core in the middle. Uh, but coverage on the outside, you got Awuzier and Trey Waynes, and not a lot of appeal behind it at all. And there's no such thing as too many good corners, right? So I, I definitely agree with the corners. I agree with the offensive line, specifically offensive tackle. Is Riley Reef a long-term answer? Don't know. Yeah, Jonah Williams yeah. has got to stay healthy. Like, significant questions there. Uh, and, and then perhaps, depending on how Joseph Asai assimilates and, and how Trey Hendrickson does as a big money player, you you may need some additional outside pass rush as well to complement Sam Hubbard. You know, what gets really weird is if they move on from Zach Taylor and they bring in a new coach and there's a lot of very different philosophies in terms of scheme and now you have to kind of rebuild the roster with a new set of – like, that would just not be good. The, the Bengals need to win this year. They <laughs> – they need there needs to be enough happening here that keeps Zach Taylor around because it's going to set him back if they if that's not the case. Yeah, I don't know that it would be as bad as like the Patricia Chris shovels a mouthful of popcorn. Unreal. I don't know if it would be as bad as the Matt Patricia Detroit Lions wheels yeah. falling off the bus type thing, but uh, it would definitely cause them to to zig when they're anticipating a zag. Cleveland, Cleveland? Browns. Cleveland rocks, baby. Cleveland rocks. Uh, okay. Because uh, the, the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. and That's right. Kyle's you guys playing ever the guitar. Right now. I have. I have. It's overrated. It's okay. Yeah. I had a conversation Sorry, recently Cleveland. with my family, and it came out that I have never been to any Hall of Fame. None of them. Huh. The, the NASCAR Hall of Fame is literally in Charlotte, North Carolina. I have not been there. You have a mild interest in NASCAR at best. There's no oh. reason to go. Very mild. I had a, a somewhat of a. You a, had a kick last year. Yeah. It, no, it was several years ago. One of my uh, wife's best friends dated uh, one of the, the crew chiefs for uh, one of the drivers. And so we hung out a lot and I asked a lot of questions and learned a lot. And so it piqued my interest. And once he left the picture, 
So do my interest in NASCAR. So, Dunzo. yeah. So All the right, Cleveland cool. Browns. Yes. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about drafting by volume. Shout out Sashi Brown, because I'm looking at how many picks they made in this damn 2016 draft. Oh, my God. Now, they didn't get a lot of great return on that. But I, I think you look at – this is a really interesting – I think there's some – the parallels between them and the Philadelphia 76ers with, quote-unquote, the process – is really interesting where that you embrace that you're not going to be competitive for a while. You hoard assets as much, as much as you possibly can. And then you take these assets, you have premium assets, you pick premium players like miles Garrett. Uh, Jabril Pepper is obviously no longer with the team. Uh, David Njoku has battled some injuries, but has been a modestly productive player when he's been healthy. Uh, then you get Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, Nick Chubb in the same draft in 2018. And obviously uh, the parallel between the Sixers and the Browns is neither one of the guys who engineered the start of that process was there to see the full fruition of their labors and somebody else made the picks. And in both cases, you now have really good rosters. The Sixers won whatever division they're in, in the NBA last year. Um, and Cleveland is perceived to widely have one of the best five rosters yeah. uh, in football, if not a top three roster in the AFC. When I consider the Browns' recent drafts, what stands out to me is how effectively Cleveland has used all of the resources to acquire talent to complement each other. So Kyle talked about a lot of their draft hits. And they've been effective in the draft recently. But they've also been very effective on the trade market and in signing free agents. When you talk about trades, landing Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, Wyatt Teller, and Ronnie Harrison. I mean, that's pretty significant. Like four core starters that you acquired in the trade market. Then you've been effective in free agency where you've been able to get players like Jack Conklin and Austin Hooper and – Who's the the safety they just signed? John Johnson. John Johnson. And so, you know, they've added some defensive line talent this year in in Clowney and, and Andrew Billings. And so I just really appreciate all the layers that you look at in terms of roster construction and how Cleveland has found success in every single avenue. It's pretty impressive. And then they get, they got really good value with each of their first two picks in this year's draft with Greg Newsom and, and Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. So. Dude. Ousa Koromoa was dynamic in that preseason game. I know it's only preseason, but man, he was he was playing fast and physical. Would not be surprised if you watched his tape. <laughs> right. Right. NFL got all worried because he didn't translate well to the box. Well, it's a space game now. It's a space game, NFL. Wake up. All right. So life cycle for the Cleveland Browns. What you got? Young contender. Young you, if you want to put if you want to put in a long-term contender, if you feel like you're ready for that, that's fine. I, I think they still need to replicate last year's performance for me to put them into the long-term bucket, right? And there's no reason to think of why they that they wouldn't with Coach Stefanski in year two and how much success that they had uh, in really a, a playoff formula, right? They play sturdy defense. You run the ball. You can run the ball when teams try and stop it. 
the play action pass. You can create explosive plays, uh, but it's all predicated around you winning the line of scrimmage and you got a really good offensive line like that. I think this is a team that is engineered to win 11, 12 games this year. Uh, but for me to put them in a long-term contender, I'd, I'd like to preferably see another jump from Baker Mayfield, and I'd like to see them replicate their win success from last year. I think that's extremely fair. I have them young contender. I think they're one of the top Boom. three or four teams in the AFC for sure. Boom. But, um, you know, I, I still think there's another level for them to achieve and sustain that success a little bit longer before we buy in on Cleveland as a all the way staying yeah. power type team. All right. So for future needs, um, man, so obviously the Baker Mayfield contract is something they're going to have to address. Um, it doesn't have to happen now. It doesn't even happen, have to happen in the off season. They, they've got him signed uh, under the fifth year option. So they have a little bit of time there. Mm-hmm. But, but to me, where my eyes really go is this offensive line. And it's probably the best offensive line in football. It's definitely in the top three. And you have some decisions to make because I'm not sure you can afford to keep it intact. You have Wyatt Teller, who's up after this year. And then after 2022, Treader, Batonio, and Conklin are all up. And so I think they have to really examine the makeup of this offensive line and figure out how they're going to keep it together and who's expendable and, you know, where they want that money to go. I would say that they need to keep investing at wide receiver to maintain flexibility. You know, I still, I think Odell's been injured and inconsistent for them. We know what Jarvis Landry is. Donovan Peoples Jones looks promising, but I'd keep making sure that I had wide receiver talent. And then I still think the defensive line and and tackle are spots that they need to invest. Clowney's a one-year thing. He's been inconsistent. And we saw, you know, what happened. Was it Vernon that went down? And you kind of saw Miles Garrett just didn't have that complimentary rush. And so I think they need to make sure they maximize Miles Garrett by continuing to invest on the talent around him. Yeah, I think you hit the the nail on the head. Uh, If I just had a hypothetical here, and everybody knows nobody loves Baker Mayfield more than I do, right? Mm -hmm. But if you could keep the entire offensive line but it came at the expense of paying Baker a second contract. Or you can keep two out of the four and you pay Baker. What do you do? That's so tough because, oh, man, if there's a, if there's a team right now that you get nervous about committing that much cap space to a quarterback like Baker Mayfield where you think that there's – other quarterbacks that can come in and provide what he does, then you keep that offensive line and you roll the dice. But quarterback's so important, and you know what he is. So I I would understand if Cleveland took the year to see Baker and what he shows on the field before making that decision. But say he's I don't the even exact know. say he gives you the exact same type performance that you gave that he got last year. <sighs> So, no, you're baiting. We, we've been through this. Like, Baker has meant so much to that position, like in Cleveland. Like, this is unprecedented yes. where, where they're at in, in Cleveland. the way we yeah. look at this team. Like, he's changed that. I'm paying Baker. I would pay Baker. I think, yeah, I, you and do I'm, have I'm to keeping, do that. I'm keeping – you said the entire center and over is after up after 2022? 
Conklin, is, Batonio, Treader after 22, uh, Teller this year. Oh, geez. Okay, so four out of five in the next two years. And right, Wills is two. the only one that's I get locked up. Two. I'm probably keeping Treader and Teller. And I'm going to look for a new – I mean, Batonio has been a staple for them for so long. But he is an yeah. older player, and he is, does play on the interior, and I understand he has the versatility to go all over the place. And I would draft the right tackle in the first round. That's my plan. <laughs> I'm sticking to it. That's done. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs – including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, been there a million years, never had a sub-500 season. So take Will all that, that stuff we just, got, we just got done saying about Baltimore and, and how they draft, and you can apply it generally to Pittsburgh as well. There's some drafting for volume. Um, draft class in 2017, you came away with T.J. Watt, Smith, Schuster, Cameron Sutton, James Conner with your first four picks. Um, year after that, we're going to call it an L the year after that, 2019, you got them Bush, Deontay Johnson, nice one, two punch to start you off 2020. You feel good about chase Claypool. Alex Highsmith is your one, two Kevin Dotson. Dotson. Seems like the yeah. coaching staff's been a little harder on him than a lot of people think. So, um, I think he's somebody that has some staying power for them and we'll, we'll see what this year has to bring to the table for them. But, a lot of investments in the offensive line everywhere other than quarterback, right? Yeah. The last quarterback drafted was Mason Rudolph in the third round in 2018. And I think he has shown us plenty to know he's not the long-term answer there. Yeah, I think their draft history has been really solid. Um, especially, I think, if you add in the trade for Minka, who has been an important piece for that. And Kyle's rolling his eyes at me, but I, I needed to say that. Um I have some questions about what they chose to do this year, but I think relatively speaking, they do a good job of acquiring talent in the draft. Mm-hmm. There's no question. So, and that, that continuity is going to continue to be there with Kevin Colbert yeah. and Mike Tomlin. They're, they're just going to be one of those teams that is again, constant. Like they drafted Alex Highsmith in the third round in preparation of losing Bud Dupree. Yeah, and Highsmith was really good last year. In the and then they got, got Melvin Ingram for four million. One right. Season. Oh yeah. By the way, so now we get a young guy for the long term succession, and if he's healthy, close to an equal player on a one year discount. Why weren't teams lining up to give Melvin Ingram four Man, million for one season? I don't know. Everybody's acting like he's washed because he was hurt last year. Like he was a perfectly good pass rusher like two years ago. Why are we Dude. just acting like this guy is toast? I watched the Bills commit $8 million last year to Trent Murphy, and he was a game day healthy and active. $8 million. Yikes. Come on. Right. <laughs> Come Dolphins on, $4 million for Melvin Ingram? 
Dolphins paid Shaq Lawson 10. So, well, you know, trade him after a year. That's your Bernardrick McKinney. Don't, that's not, right. Shaq, I like Shaq. I like Shaq. I like Shaq too, but ten, yeah, yeah, exactly right. He's a first and second down. Guy. Yeah. All right. So Pittsburgh win now, correct? Oh, there's Varen no question. quarterback. Last Probably ride. Last... Ben's last ride. Yeah. We all win get now. it. You got to be. And at I some don't know point, if they're like, going to, but they, <laughs> they're in they win now the, mode. They got to figure out the TJ Watt extension. You have to figure, you know, that saving grace is getting Ben's contract off the books because you can hopefully retain a lot of this other talent if you shed Ben's contract. So hopefully the teardown can be mild and you can just look to, to transition and segue out and find yourself a quarterback. Yeah, so that's their future needs. That's number one, right? Like, unquestioned. Yes. <laughs> um, then you look at this wide receiver core. Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Rico Bussey, that's it, signed beyond this year. They got a bunch of young offensive linemen, but we got to figure out who can play here with mm-hmm. Dotson and, and Kendrick Green. Um, you might need two new offensive tackles. Maybe Dan Moore can be an answer for you, but it would be unlikely that all three of those rookies turn into like legit starters. So wouldn't it just be like Pittsburgh, though? Yes. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see, but uh, how about corner? Like, corner. I think that's something Joe yeah. Hayden's an expiring contract uh, right now. Cameron Sutton, Justin Lane, Antoine Brooks, you know, vying for your CB two and slot jobs. Um, so I definitely keep that in mind. Terrell Edmonds at safety. He's up after this season. I'm not sure if you want to pay him long-term. Um, so that's for future needs. That's where my eyes go. Yep. I think you're absolutely on the button and we are going to be on the button with another episode of the draft dudes podcast tomorrow. In addition, we have the live stream tonight at 7 PM. That's 7 PM, not 7 7 PM. We're getting in before the preseason games. So set your alarms accordingly. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks as always for listening to the draft dudes podcast. We hope you have a great day rest of your Thursday and we will talk with you tonight and or hopefully tomorrow.